You know, we gather as Christians on Good Friday to uh, actually, in a sense, grieve, but grieve with hope. The Bible talks about how as Christians we are sorrowful, yet always rejoicing. And there has never been a time when uh, being sorrowful, yet always rejoicing, is exemplified anymore than Good Friday and Resurrection Sunday. We, uh, we know that the darkness of Friday gives way to the glorious light of Sunday. That the confusion gives way to clarity. And the despair gives way to hope. So tonight, we just want to meditate on the cross. We're going to think about the cross. But then we'll close with an emphasis on what's coming. So you just uh, enjoy thinking about the price that was paid to purchase you and to wash away all your sins. I had considered preparing a sermon for tonight. But I thought it might be better to just let God speak to us. So I'm going to read a lot of scripture tonight, and it'll be on the screen. You can follow along. But I want you to hear it, not just with your ears, to hear it with your heart tonight. The very first verse I want to read is the first promise given in the Bible. God spoke to the serpent, to Satan, and he said, I will put enmity between you and the woman. And between your offspring and her offspring, he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. And then 1,000 years before the cross took place, the psalmist wrote this in Psalm 22. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me from the words of my groaning? Oh, my God, I cry by day, and you do not answer, and by night, and I find no rest. Yet you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. In you our fathers trusted. They trusted, and you delivered them. To you they cried and were rescued. In you they trusted and were not put to shame. But I am a worm and not a man scorned by mankind and despised by the people. All who see me mock me. They make mouths at me. They wag their heads. He trusts in the Lord. Let him deliver him. Let him rescue him, for he delights in him, they say. Yet you are he who took me from the womb. You made me trust you at my mother's breasts. On you was I cast from my birth. And from my mother's womb, you have been my God. Be not far from me, for trouble is near, and there is none to help. Many, many bulls come past me. Strong bulls of Bashan surround me. They open wide their mouths at me, and like a ravening and roaring lion, I'm poured out like water. All my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It is melted within my breast. My strength is dried up like a potsherd, and my tongue sticks to my jaws. 
you lay me in the dust of death. For dogs encompass me, a company of evildoers encircles me. They have pierced my hands and feet. I can count all my bones. They stare and gloat over me. They divide my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. But you, O Lord, do not be far off. O you, my help, come quickly to my aid. Deliver my soul from the sword, my precious life from the power of the dog. Save me from the mouth of the lion. You have rescued me from the horns of the wild oxen. I will tell of your name to my brothers. In the midst of the congregation, I will praise you. By the way, he's moved into the resurrection here. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you offspring of Jacob, glorify him and stand in awe of him. All you offspring of Israel, for he has not despised or abhorred the affliction of the afflicted, and he has not hidden his face from him, but has heard when he cried to him. From you comes my praise in the great congregation. My vows I will perform before those who fear him. The afflicted shall eat and be satisfied. Those who seek him shall praise the Lord. He's talking about us here. May your hearts live forever. All the ends of the earth shall remember and turn to the Lord. And all the families of the nations shall worship before you. For kingship belongs to the Lord. And he rules over the nations. Now he's projecting all the way out into the future. All the prosperous of the earth eat and worship. Before him shall bow down, who go down to the dust, even the one who could not keep himself alive. Posterity shall serve him. It shall be told of the Lord to the coming generation. They shall come and proclaim his righteousness to a people yet unborn that he has done it. And the people said, Amen. That was written a thousand years before the cross. 400 years later, the prophet Isaiah wrote this in Isaiah 52, 13 through 15. Behold, my servant shall act wisely. He shall be high and lifted up and shall be exalted. As many were astonished at you, his appearance was so marred beyond human semblance and his form beyond that of the children of mankind. So shall he sprinkle many nations. Kings shall shut their mouths because of him. For that which has not been told them, they see. And that which they have not heard, they understand. And then moving into Psalm 53. Who has believed what he has heard from us? And to whom is, has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he grew up before him like a young plant, like a root out of dry ground. He had no form or majesty that we should look at him and no beauty that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And as one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken smitten by God and afflicted.
but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace, and with his wounds we're healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed, and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. Like a lamb that is led to the slaughter, and like a sheep before its shearers is silent, so he opened not his mouth. By oppression and judgment he was taken away. And as for his generation, who considered that he was cut off out of the land of the living, stricken for the transgression of my people. And they made his grave with the wicked and with a rich man in his death. He died between two thieves, and he was buried in a rich man's grave. Although he had done no violence, and there was no deceit in his mouth, yet it was the will of the Lord to crush him. He has put him to grief. And when his soul makes an offering for guilt... He shall see his offspring, that's us. He shall prolong his days. The will of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. Out of the anguish of his soul, he shall see and be satisfied. By his knowledge shall the righteous one, my servant, make many to be accounted righteous. That's us. And he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore, I will divide him a portion with the many, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he poured out his soul to death and was numbered with the transgressors. Yet he bore the sin of many, and he makes intercession for the transgressors. And then we move ahead another 400, another uh, 600 years, and we read this in the Gospel of Matthew. Pilate said to them, then what shall I do with Jesus, who is called Christ? And they all said, Let him be crucified. And Pilate said, Why? What evil has he done? But they shouted all the more, Let him be crucified. So when Pilate saw that he was gaining nothing, but rather that a riot was beginning, he took water and he washed his hands before the crowd, saying, I'm innocent of this man's blood. See to it yourselves. And all the people answered, His blood be on us and on our children. And then he released for them Barabbas. And having scourged Jesus, delivered him to be crucified. And then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus into the governor's headquarters, and they gathered the whole battalion before him, and they stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him, and twisting together a crown of thorns, they put it on his head. They put a reed in his right hand, and kneeling before him, they mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews. And they spit on him, and they took the reed, and they struck him on the head. And when they had mocked him, they stripped him of the robe and put his own clothes on him and led him away to crucify him. As they went out, they found a man of Cyrene, Simon by name. They compelled this man to carry his cross. And when they came to a place called Golgotha, which means place of a skull, they offered him wine to drink mixed with gall, but when he tasted it, he would not drink it. And when they had crucified him, they divided his garments among them by casting lots. Then they sat down and 
kept watch over him there. And over his head, they put the charge against him, which read, This is Jesus, the king of the Jews. Then two robbers were crucified with him, one on the right and one on the left. And those who passed by derided him, wagging their heads and saying, You who would destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days, save yourself. If you're the son of God, come down from the cross. So also the chief priests with the scribes and elders mocked him, saying, He saved others. He cannot save himself. He is the king of Israel. Let him come down now from the cross, and we will believe in him. He trusts in God. Let God deliver him now if he desires him. For he said, I am the son of God. And the robbers who were crucified with him also reviled him in the same way. Now from the sixth hour, there was darkness over all the land until the ninth hour. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, saying, Eli, Eli, lema sabachthani. That is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And some of the bystanders hearing it said, This man is calling Elijah. And one of them at once ran and took a sponge and filled it with sour wine and put it on a reed and gave it to him to drink. But the other said, No, wait. Let us see whether Elijah will come down to save him. And Jesus cried out again with a loud voice, and he yielded up his spirit. It's no wonder that the Apostle Paul said in Galatians chapter 6, verse 14, But far be it from me to boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. So this is the account that God gives us. Prophesied 6,000 years ago, prophesied in great detail 3,000 years ago, and prophesied in even greater detail uh, uh, 2,600 years ago and then described for us in the Gospels. And it is this Jesus that we celebrate tonight and it's his death that we remember tonight. I want to ask you to bow your heads for just a moment. Heavenly Father, let us take this next few minutes to consider what you want to speak in our heart. And if there's even one person who's gathered here on this Good Friday service and doesn't know Jesus, may they trust him right now. And we know that this is Good Friday. One of the B.C. comics years ago, uh, Johnny Hart was the artist that drew it. One of the characters said, I don't know why they call it Good Friday. Wasn't that the day that Jesus was crucified? And one of the other friends in the cartoon said, uh, suppose you were sentenced to die and somebody came and died in your place. Would you call that a good day? He said, I sure would. He said, that's why we call it Good Friday. But Friday is not the end of the story. We go to bed tonight and tomorrow night to wake up the next morning to celebrate the resurrection. So it's Friday, but Sunday's coming.